2: This is the look ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: This is the look ahead right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Greg Peterson holding it down tonight as Scott Seidenberg. You just saw him on the nightcap. He did a terrific job and has been doing a terrific job all week over there. So, very pleased to be able to join you tonight and very pleased that we're going to have a pair of great guests. Jim Root, you know him from the three-man weave. He is on Twitter at Second Chance Points. Does an absolutely terrific job. Joins the work quite a bit. He's going to be joining me at 11.30 p.m. Pacific. If you're looking Eastern time, that would be 2.30. We're going to be taking a look at everything that we're seeing in college basketball. How to gauge some of these teams that are going to be going through puzzles with COVID-19. Taking a look at the Diamond Eye Classic. We've actually got live basketball right now, and it's not even in the second half. It's in the first half. You typically don't have that on the look at as it's right now, 10 PM Pacific, 1 AM Eastern. If you're listening to the replay, unfortunately it's not live, but with that said, it is very awesome that we've got that. So we're certainly going to be diving in there and having some fun with that. And then at, in about 30 minutes, we're going to have Pam Maldonado does a terrific job when it comes to Yahoo sports. She's going to be joining me at 10:30 PM Pacific. That would be Eastern time, one30 We're going to be talking a lot about bowl season. Unfortunately. We are not going to be getting the hawaii bowl tomorrow which means that oh boy we are not going to have really any live sports whatsoever but with that said there's still a lot to be able to bet on when it comes to futures there's a lot to be handicapping for moving forward as well because on christmas day we're going to have a little bit of nfl we're certainly going to be having the nba we are going to be having college basketball with the games out there in the lovely state of hawaii as well so there is still quite a bit to be Head here, and the big thing is just being able to put in the research because, as I always say, with regards to college basketball, bets that are won during the season are actually done through great preparation. So, now is the time to be able to review all that and be able to just take a look in general as to just being able to prepare for future bets. So, I think that that's very important to do. And obviously, we're gonna have a full slate of the NFL. while COVID 19 wreaks a lot of havoc, we know that the NFL. We'll find a way to be able to get these games in. So we're going to be taking a lot of a look at that as well. And, we're going to be starting right there as we did wind up seeing a game on Thursday night and you saw the Titans be able to claw their way out of a 10-0 deficit at half and they were able to get the W by a count of 20-17. to They found themselves as an underdog in this game so they were able to win outright on the money line if you wind up taking that. They wind up closing at plus 3.5 and I was actually talking about this earlier in the week with Dave Ross. If this wound up getting north of 3, I thought that it was a good take on the Tennessee Titans and obviously it did with the hook being able to get added towards the back half of the day on Thursday. And when it comes down to it with the Tennessee Titans and the San Francisco 49ers, I'm not necessarily too bullish on either of these teams. Now, if you do wind up having Derrick Henry come back for the Tennessee Titans, I would actually be in on this team because you just tell that this is a Titans team that is so vastly different when you do wind up having them out there on the floor versus when you wind up having them off because, I mean, we saw with the Tennessee Titans, they actually did wind up running the ball 24 times They just don't necessarily have that primary bag. Jeremy Nicholas was able to give you seven carries for 31 yards, but relatively pedestrian game there. And a guy that I've actually defended a little bit in my time is one, Jimmy Garoppolo. And he did not wind up having it in this game. The pair of interceptions were very costly to his team in this one. And when it comes to San Francisco 49ers, you just take a look at this offense right now and, They're not getting the job done, to say the least. The Rohim Mostert injury certainly hurt them at the beginning of the year. Now you're dealing with Elijah Mitchell being out as well. So that means that you've got Jeff Wilson right now getting carries. I would say Tebow Samuel is right now their best option at being able to get the ball to as well as he wound up having an amazing game, by the way. I mean, if you want to have taken his player props over with regards to total yards, receiving yards, receptions, And those all wound up coming through nine catches buck 59. He rushes for another 32 yards. So he certainly did his part. But when it comes to the San Francisco Giants, what I think is, or the San Francisco 49ers, I always get into baseball mode, but when it comes to the 49ers, what I think is just so key for this team is just not turning the ball over. I mean, we saw with Jimmy Garoppolo in this game, a pair of interceptions and the San Francisco 49ers are right now finding themselves in the playoff picture, but when it comes to their chances of being able to advance, I'm not necessarily so bullish on them, by the way. For those of you guys wondering, we are going to be getting a live look at some college basketball in a few seconds as you wind up having South Florida and Hawaii. Just go to the half there. So I'll give you guys that in a second. But this is a 49ers team that they really don't have a tone when it comes to offense. Now on defense, they're solid, but they're not necessarily great as well. I was expecting a little bit more out of them in that aspect as well. So... I do think that this is a 49ers team that's relatively pedestrian. I feel the same way about the Tennessee Titans. I was thinking that there was actually quite a bit of value on the on the Indianapolis Colts to be able to win the division. Now that the Titans were able to get this one, because I didn't know if they were going to be able to or not. I wanted taking the three and a half personally with them. I did not want any part of them on the money line because I felt like this could easily be a game that I wanted coming down to the final drive and a field goal. And, Ironically enough, it did with the 49ers being the team that wound up booming through the field goal. But when it comes to the Titans team, you wound up seeing them prior to this game wind up just having a pedestrian effort against the Steelers, in which they scored 13 points. They scored 13 points against the Texans and the Patriots. So you still have a lot of questions when it comes to this offense. The last time they wound up scoring more than 23 points, that was their big win that they wound up getting against the LA Rams. So there is still a lot of questions with them. I will say for the Titans, The defense has been able to step up for the team. They were really, really bad at the beginning part of the season. But this is a secondary that is stepping up. So I do have to give them a little bit of credit there. Kevin Byard, I always feel like has been a little bit underrated in the secondary. He's had himself a very nice season. So that has been something that the team has been able to hang their hat on. He's got five interceptions this season. And when it comes down to this Titans team in general, I just feel like how far they are able to go in the postseason is just based on the guys that they're able to get back because you are now seeing Julio Jones, AJ Brown are back in the fold. So that is going to give Ryan Tannehill a little bit more option for the past game because we saw with Ryan Tannehill prior to these guys coming back, I mean, it was ridiculously bad. He had the four interception game a few weeks ago that he wound up having against the Houston Texans through a pick in that game against the Patriots or a pick against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now that he wound up having his full complement of weapons, he was able to be much more efficient in this game. And I think that Ryan Tannehill is a very average quarterback. I don't think that he's great. I certainly don't think that he's awful, but you need to be able to put guys around him for him to be able to have success. Obviously, Derrick Henry is going to be one of the biggest cogs for them, and we're going to dive into what we're going to be seeing with regards to features in a minute with regards to the NFL. But I have to give you guys a little bit of an update because – Typically on the lookout, you don't wind up having halftime lines wind up coming up, but we've got a halftime line between South Florida and Hawaii. South Florida is right now finding themselves up by a count of 34 to 23. South Florida winds up closing as an underdog of three and a half points. They wind up actually opening as a four-point underdog. If you're looking at this game live, total is 122. This wound up closing anywhere between a 120 and a 121. Opened up at 118. So we're a little bit of a phase right now. And if you're looking live, South Florida is a seven-and-a-half point favorite. So what that means for the second half line is on the second half line, Hawaii is a four-point favorite, total of 64.5 and 65. So pretty much what I said right now, in order for you to be able to cash this a second half bet, you need to have the total reach of 122 or greater, and you need Hawaii to pretty much lose by seven points or fewer. So that's just what that means right there, because you're betting on the second half and the second half only for that. So we're certainly going to be keeping our eyes on that, especially with the fact that, We're going to call it what it is. We just have no games for Christmas Eve. So we are going to be taking a look at that and we're going to be taking a look forward at what we're going to be able to see on Christmas day a little bit more for the weekend as well. But when it comes down to what we're seeing with regards to the NFL right now, you take a look at some of these odds, to be able to win the conferences, to be able to win the divisions. And I do think that they are very intriguing. Now I think the Titans have really been able to run away and now they should be able to win the division. I thought that there was a lot of question mark, especially if they wound up losing this game, because with the division, they do hold the tiebreaker over the Indianapolis Colts. So they should be now very well and clear. there. also fun, like 10 to one flyer. If you want to taking it on the Indianapolis Colts, because they're playing good football and, I do think that there is a good chance that you're going to be able to see the Indianapolis Colts wind up making a good run in the postseason. But it's just very hard for them to be able to win the division because out of the last two games for the Titans, you've got the Miami Dolphins, which I think that that's a very losable game. But even though it's on the road going up against the Houston Texans, I just can't see them losing against the Houston Texans two times in a row, that would be really, really bad. And if you wind up losing two times in a row to the Houston Texans, you probably don't deserve to be able to go to the postseason. And then when it comes to the San Francisco 49ers, this is a team that I do think should be able to make the postseason as well. But once again, have my question marks with them. If you're taking a look forward at the final two games of the season for the San Francisco 49ers, they are going to be playing against the Houston Texans. So once again, they should be able to get a win there. They should be able to get to nine wins and that should wind up putting them in the postseason. Keyword should If they wind up pooping the bed in that game, then you could wind up seeing something fascinating on the road against the Rams. They're certainly going to be up against it in that one because you recall the first time that these two teams wound up playing. It was the 49ers that wound up getting the win in that one. So if I think that that's going to be a big time revenge spot. For the LA Rams, but you just take a look at odds to be able to win the NFC. You take a look at odds to be able to win the AFC right now. And right now, the two favorites that you've got, you've got the Green Bay Packers atop in the NFC, and you've got the Kansas City Chiefs atop in the AFC. And we've seen a little bit of movement. The Packers have maintained steady at two to one. Then with the Chiefs, they were at two to one. I would say about forty-eight hours ago. Now they're at plus two ten. As it wound up having the Titans be. Moved up just a little bit with their win, they are now at nine to one to be able to win the AFC. I don't think that there's a lot of value there. Where I'm taking a look right now would be the Indianapolis Colts, who I've been mentioning quite a bit there at eight to one. Although I will say the Bengals at 15 to one, I know that you might have had Joe Burrow jinx himself by saying that the team hasn't dealt with COVID because when you wind up speaking that into existence, that's not necessarily something that you necessarily want, but. I do think that the Cincinnati Bengals do have a good job. I do like the way that the defense has been playing. No doubt they're going to be playing in a wild card game. And if you are looking at a team like this, sometimes what you could do is just do a money line rollover where you wind up placing a unit on the money line when it comes to that first postseason game and you just roll it over. I think that that could be a good way to be able to maneuver that. And I'll actually be talking about that a little bit more on the other side. And we're also going to be looking at some college basketball as well. That is next, right? You're on the lookout and you're listening Welcome back. This segment of The Look At is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. It is a fresh way to be able to enjoy nicotine without the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No more batteries to charge and leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and they're available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes with two strengths. So that way you're able to find the satisfaction level that is perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning that it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to Zinn.com find to be able to locate a store that is nearest you. That is is find. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine, and nicotine is an addictive chemical. As we're back here on The Look At It, it is myself, Greg Peterson, and we were diving into futures a little bit when it comes to the NFL. And I mentioned something just before the break that I want to hit upon right now. I do this with a lot of different sports, but you're seeing the odds board, odds to be able to win the AFC, odds to be able to win the Super Bowl, what have you. And I always think that when it comes to betting on futures this time of year, when you wind up getting into the nitty gritty, whether whether it be college basketball, the NFL, MLB, NBA, list goes on and on and on I actually don't advise any futures whatsoever you're probably just here like Greg what are you talking about In that you don't recommend futures what I recommend is actually what is called a money line rollover slash a money line parlay however you would like to phrase it it's just pretty much where as I was mentioning a little bit earlier you put one unit on the money line of the team that you think is going to be able to win the championship let's say that you like the Indianapolis Colts to be able to win the to be able to win we're gonna call it the AFC because right now, with regards to odds to be able to win the AFC, you're finding them at eight to one. If you're looking a little bit more at the Super Bowl, I mean, typically you're gonna be finding it right around doubled right now at DraftKings. You're finding them at sixteen to one, so it certainly holds water there. So, however you'd like to do it, odds to be able to win AFC Super Bowl, what have you? Instead of just popping down your sixteen to one for them to be able to win the Super Bowl, eight to one. For them to be able to win the AFC, instead, you just take your one unit and you'd roll it over and roll it over. And the reason why you wind up taking a look at this is because oftentimes you're able to get a better payout with it. I mean, let's take, for instance, a team that I was talking about a little bit more as well, the Cincinnati Bengals. The odds for them to be able to win the AFC right now is right around, I would say, about 15 to 1 or so, which I do think is relatively solid value. But rather than that, you want to try to project forward as to what their road is probably going to be for the postseason because where the Cincinnati Bengals are clocking in right now, unless uh, if you wind up seeing just a total board breakdown, this is probably going to be a team that is going to be on the road quite a bit throughout the postseason now it looks like they will probably be a home team as of right now when it comes to the first game that would probably be against the indianapolis colts right now they are seated number four the indianapolis colts are seated number five but also keep in mind if the cincinnati bengals wind up losing their next game and everyone else winds up winning because they've got a big one that's coming up this week they could find themselves outside of the playoffs altogether as well so you've got a little bit of herky-jerkiness there because they're playing against the Baltimore Ravens and then from there you wind up having the Chiefs and the Browns so they do have to earn their way into the postseason so with the Bengals for instance if you think that they wind up winning the AFC you're probably going to be able to get a really good payout for them because you project forward they probably would have to go through the Kansas City Chiefs now if you see something different that certainly is a little bit of a factor but I let's say that they have to go on the road and play against the Kansas City Chiefs typically you factor in three points when it comes to home field with what we're seeing right now on these look at lines because you do have a prime example of this right now, the Bengals and the chiefs at many of these places that are offering a look at line. They currently have the Bengals as a four to four and a half point home underdog. If you wind up flipping that, putting them on the road, that would mean that they will be a 10 point underdog in that game. If you want to putting your one unit on the money line for them against, let's say the, Indianapolis Colts let's say they wind up playing against another team like the Pittsburgh Steelers what have you you would wind up having probably a relatively good amount there and then if they wind up being a 10-point underdog typically when you find teams that are like 10-point underdogs you know what the money line typically pays out on that at minimum plus 350. So that means that you've got that right there and then you probably have another game on top of that because you have to go wild card game and then you have to go with the divisional game and then you have the actual AFC championship game that you have to win. So when it's all said and done, if the Cincinnati Bengals do have to play against the Kansas City Chiefs, that means that when it's when you wind up adding up all the money lines that you'd be able to get on the Cincinnati Bengals playing those three games and just roll over your winnings from that one unit, you're probably going to be getting north of 15-1. to one. And plus, when you wind up doing a money line parlay as well, rather than being locked in, because we know that COVID is right now wreaking havoc on the NFL, the NBA, I'm very sad because we've had a lot of college basketball games wind up getting canceled. So that has been very much a bummer for me. But with regards to COVID, I mean, who knows what happens? If Joel Burrow winds up getting ruled out due to COVID, you've right now got your 15 to one future on the AFC for the Bengals to be able to win it. Do you feel good about that anymore? I certainly would not. If you wind up doing the rollover mentality, there is a point in which if it winds up being revealed I'm like Friday before a Sunday game that Joe Joe Burrow is not going to be able to play, guess what? He can walk away from the table. You don't have to wind up firing him back on the Cincinnati Bengals for that game. You are able to give yourself added protection, which right now with regards to COVID-19, regardless of what sport you are betting, you need all the protection that you can get because we just have no idea what's going on. I wish I could give you more information when it comes to COVID-19. I went to college to talking to a microphone. I did not study any sort of medicine whatsoever, so I am completely clueless on that front, but I think that that is a very good way to be able to take a look at things right now rather than fire in on a future, rather than even firing in like the week before a game because we, are, we always do see look at lines right now. I want absolutely no part of betting on something like north of even three, four hours at this point in a lot of cases when it comes to just about any game just because you have no idea what is going to be happening at this point. Now, I feel a little bit better about the Diamond Egg Classic games when it comes to college basketball because things out there in Hawaii, they actually seem to be doing a relatively solid job with regards to COVID, and I say that as Hawaii winds up opting out of the bowl game due to COVID-19 related things, so I can go figure there, but you feel relatively... Good about that, but I mean, we've seen so many teams having to play with a skeleton crew. We've been seeing, like, Jay Huff, for instance, has been getting minutes on the L.A. Lakers. That has just been absolutely ridiculous. I mean, we saw the Washington football team and their quarterback situation, so I think that just being able to give yourself that added protection, being able to give yourself the option, I mean, it doesn't even need to be COVID-related. Let's say that you think that the Cincinnati Bengals match up really, really badly with we're just going to spitball. Here the Tennessee Titans if Derrick Henry winds up coming back. You would think that that is just a absolutely awful matchup. You want absolutely no part of it. Guess what? Once again, rather than being locked in on a future, you are able to say, you know what? We wound up making our money in the first slash second round of the playoffs. I don't want to bet this one. I have a very bad feeling about this one. You don't have to because with the money line rollover, the money line parlay, however you'd like to phrase it, you're just firing in on every single individual game. I think that that is so important to be able to do right now as we've got to give you a little bit of an update from the great state of Hawaii as well as right now you've got the Diamond Egg Classic that is going to be going down the second half. Just wound up starting between South Florida and Hawaii. Right now you're finding South Florida in the lead by kind of 38 to 26 about two minutes gone by in the second half so right now when you're taking a look at the live line right now uh live you're finding south florida as about a seven and a half point favorite total is right around 120 and a half and this is a south florida team that you do want to know they have played every one of their games to the under thus far this season 10 games 10 unders so that has just been very insane to see i do think that this could wind up reversing itself because if you do wind up seeing a late game situation as the live total like i said you're ranging between 121, 122, depending on the shot that you're looking at. You are going to be probably getting some late game following. If it's like an eight-point game with a minute left to go, that is always dicey. Now, I will say, uh, South Florida team, that they shoot right around 23% from three-point range for the season. and At the free throw line, they have been shooting sub-67%, but I always think that that's very important when it comes to handicapping college basketball games, when you do wind up having those games that you think are going to be a little bit tighter towards back half the games because I wound up lining this pretty much where the closing line was. You wound up having the closing line of Hawaii being a a three-and-a-half point favorite. When you wind up having a situation which you do think that it's going to be relatively tight towards the end and there is going to be late game falling, I do think that that is so very important. As right now, you just had Hawaii wind up missing a free throw. They wind or they missed the first free throw. They got the second free throw. They then wound up putting on the full court press and they just wound up putting in a layup. So you've got just a lot of steals that are happening in this game. So, that is something that you want to be taking a look at. If you're looking at this live, I certainly will be taking a look at the over just with the way that the tempo has been played and with South Florida. They are getting second chances, third chances, what have you. In 22 and a half minutes, they've already got 11 offensive rebounds. Now, they've done absolutely nothing with those offensive rebounds, but they're getting offensive rebounds. They're getting shots at the basket. So that is something that I'd be taking a look at right now. And hopefully we do wind up seeing a conclusion with regards to these games and I can maybe give you guys a little bit more when it comes to the Diamond Eye Classic games that we're going to be able to see on Saturday. I would have to do a little bit more on-the-fly handicapping. I typically like to sit down and actually try to take a look at these matchups and dissect them, but I should be able to give you a little bit of something there. And someone that always delivers on the show is Pam Maldonado. Does a great job with Yahoo Sports. She's going to be coming up next. We're going to be talking some college football with her on the other side right here on the lookout on v the Sports Bang Network.
2: This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Before you make your best, before you make your best next bet, be sure to visit vsn.com to check out the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and the bets are moving for every game and you'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match up with the public opinion data is available for money line over under and against the spread bets betting splits are another way visa is here to make you a smarter better year-round so check out today's betting splits for every game at vston.com and it is great to be joined by our guests right here on the look at us we've got pam Maldonado. she does a terrific job over there with yahoo sports she does a great job taking a look at the nfl she does a great job taking a look at college football and you're gonna find out she's an expert in something else and pam it is great to have you aboard thank you so much for joining me
1: thank you
3: happy holidays happy holidays to you and i mentioned that you do a good job of handicapping something else but I don't know. I have to give you some grief about this one. You called Elf a highly overrated Christmas movie. How do you wind up coming to this conclusion?
1: (laughs) I absolutely love Will Ferrell. Please give me more cowbell any day of the week. But when you put him in a, he, I don't know. It's just a weird movie. It's not very funny. He's rude. It's a rude character. He screams a lot. It's just, it's, it's like very chaotic. And it's not very cheerful for for a holiday film. So it's just not my cup of tea. <laughs> uh,
3: I don't know. That was a staple of my childhood Christmas right there. So I don't know about that oh, one. No. But with that <laughs> said, I do agree with you. Polar Express is a very solid Christmas movie as well. So we could agree there. And I'm so sure good. that we can both agree that it is relatively brutal that we are not mm-hmm. going to be getting the Hawaii bowl. That's going to be taking place on Christmas Eve. But when you take a look at just bowl games in general, I know that you've been doing a good job of trying to track some of these opt-outs because I mean, I personally was on North Texas today, them not having their start running back out there. That absolutely killed my bet there. And I know you've been doing your best job of trying to track this. How do you wind up keeping up with all of this information? Because it has become just absolutely paramount when it comes to being able to handicap these bowl games.
1: There are two sources that you should have bookmarked. One of them is Twitter because a lot of beat writers end up putting information during warm-ups. They're out there, they're watching, they're seeing the players who are suiting up, the ones who are going to sit, the ones who are going to play. Um, there's players that are on the transfer portal and yet they decided to play last minute, so they're in the lineup. <laughs> you also want to book, uh, bookmark Rotowire, that's another great site because it doesn't just list injuries, it also lists all the coaching changes. It lists the players who are entering the transfer portal, entering the transfer portal who have transferred where they decided to land after all. Rotowire has been my go-to source and they list the source that they're getting that information from. So it's something that's really useful if you want to share it on social. It directs you to the link to the article. It's been really helpful. and. You mentioned that you were on North Texas, as was I, but because of Rotowire, last minute they ended up saying, you know, the running back was going to be out. I immediately bought out of my bet, and I saved a few dollars on that one because of that information.
3: Yeah, that was a very tough one for those of us that wound up taking North Texas. You were expecting them to be able to pound a Miami of Ohio team that they were decent with regards to their run defense nothing great nothing terrible but that completely Mm -hmm. changed the game plan for a north texas team that was very run heavy and when you take a look at just bull season in general have there has there been anything in general that you've really been noticing with regards to trends because I personally think that underdogs have been doing relatively well. I was, on South, I was on Central Florida today. They were able to come through for me, so I was feeling good about that one, obviously. North Texas, that did not wind up coming through, but has there been anything in general that you've been noticing with these last few weeks of Bulls?
1: Yes, take into consideration the teams that are going to be missing players. Those are the teams, and maybe they're fighting for a quarter or two, but to last four full quarters, they're not being able to hang in there for the full game. You saw it in the game for BYU, out was the, was the starting quarterback. And they brought in a backup quarterback, and they ended up, BYU ended up losing at UAB outright as favorites. They were six-point favorites. You saw the same thing with UTSA. A lot of people ended up staying on UTSA, even though running back, sincere McCormick, was out of the lineup because he's entering the draft. But ultimately, what you're seeing, if you do want to stick with some of these teams that you think are better, They may be be better, but all of the stats, all of the data that you have, is with the lineup that was set in the first place. Now you have a key player, offensive player out. It does make a difference. So maybe look for an in-game opportunity to buy out of your bet if you already took it pre, or maybe buy on the other side and maybe try to middle, Or um, maybe just, like, fade the team that is missing the key player. Because we saw it with San Diego State. They ended up winning outright, too, pretty comfortably against UTSA. UTSA hung in there, but the Roadrunners just couldn't hang for four full quarters. And you're seeing that consistently with the teams who are missing
3: one or two players in the lineup. And I think that that's something that goes to something that you've been doing a lot of as well. I know that you've been looking to bet in-game a lot. With regards to college football, these last few weeks. And Mm -hmm. I think that bull season is actually the best time for this because. You do wind up seeing a lot of these teams with yes. some of these backup guys, and typically they're able to hang in there for a quarter. They've got the adrenaline going. You have a defense that maybe they're not preparing for the backup quarterback, the backup running back. So you wind up having one or two beautiful drives put together. And then from there, things wind up going to mush when they wind up getting figured out. And I think that that is actually a very good angle to take a look at more than ever before. Have you been doing a lot of this during both season?
1: I have. I've been in gaming, in gaming almost every game and I did it again also today for UCF in Florida. I was already on the under pre-flop, but in game there was a an early touch they you don't even need a touchdown to get the line to change. If the team is getting downfield pretty quickly, that line is gonna skyrocket because there's the assumption that points are gonna be put up on the board. Well now the pre-game number that you liked at fifty-six and a half jumps up to sixty-one and a half. You can buy in on that and then all of a sudden it drops it back down to 50 because there was no point scored it was either a field goal a missed field goal maybe they ended up going for it on fourth down and didn't get it there's a lot of in-game opportunities that you can capitalize on if you're paying attention
3: yep and speaking of that central florida versus florida game a big reason why i did like central florida in this game is because i thought it was a big time motivational spot for central florida stick it to pretty much big brother out there in state you just wind up having a lot of guys that they probably got passed over for Florida and said they wind up going to central Florida. So that's part of the reason why I wound up liking this. And is that Mm -hmm. something that you take into account when it comes to bowl season as well?
1: Yes, you're not going to get too many opportunities like that where it's an in-state rival, you have UCF and Florida, you're in the same state, you're kind of right down the road from each other. So I don't. I, mean, I haven't looked at the rest of the games, but I can't imagine that there's too many of those opportunities. This was a great spot for UCF, but the reason why I didn't take them and instead I looked to the under is because it's the same reason. You said little brother, big brother. This is going to be more of a defensive battle because these players want to contend they're not going to and what did we see teams that typically don't have great defenses they stepped in there was a bit more pass rush there's a lot more quarterback pressure they were stopping the run they were getting uh, passes deflected in the red zone was really key and this number comfortably stayed under because in state rival
3: yep i do think that that was a good angle with that as well as we do have pam aldenado joining me right here on the look at and pam when it comes to what we're going to be seeing the rest of bowl season obviously Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to bet on Memphis versus Hawaii. Well, if you did, you're going to be getting a refund on that. But with that said, we've still got plenty of bowl games to be able to take a look at. Is there one or two that are really standing out to you that we're going to be seeing prior to the big ones that are going to be on New Year's Eve?
1: I'm really looking forward to the playoffs. Honestly, I kind of just want to skip over through all (laughs) of the bowls and I want to know what happens between Michigan. I'm more so interested in Michigan. I think all of us, I think there's a majority of people who want to see Michigan win, who want to see Michigan contend against Georgia and maybe come out with the outright win one because it would be a better matchup if Michigan ends up in the final uh, in the, in the, in the, in the, Super Bowl, in the championship <laughs> game, I would hope that it would be Alabama. I'm a big fan of Alabama this year. I love Nick Saban, but um, Cincinnati too. I'm, this is do or die. We finally get to figure out, can a group of five team finally contend against a team, especially as big an SEC team as Alabama? We're all going to find out. I'm so anxious. And honestly, I just want to get there already.
3: I'm right there with you. I do think that it's going to be tremendous and we do have about 90 seconds left. But with regards to Alabama having much of their coaching staff dealing with COVID-19, do you factor this in at all? Because I do think that coaching means a little bit more in college than it does in the pro for both basketball and football. And I do think that this is something that should be reported upon quite widely because I do think that it is going to make a little bit of a difference in this game.
1: It will, but we are still about a week away until any of those games happen. So what happens with COVID today may not have an effect tomorrow, may not have an effect next week, or we may get worse from now until then. So I would monitor that Rotowire. I would monitor Twitter. I definitely wouldn't be placing bets this early on. We haven't seen any line movement in either of the playoff games. There's really no rush, to be honest. There really isn't. The line that you want now, it could change by game day. But there's going to be in-game opportunities. You're going to be able to buy back. You're going to be able to buy in the middle. Um, Maybe there's going to be an inflated line. It's just I would rather just wait. There's too much of a COVID situation, not just in college football. It's in the NFL. We're seeing it just everywhere in every sport in the NHL. So there's just no rush for it. Take your time. It is money. (laughs) And we work so hard for our dollars. So let's not let it go to waste.
3: Yep, I totally agree with you there. I do think that there's still a lot of question mark when it comes to this. One thing that there is out of question with, Pam providing great information. Pam, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Thank
1: you. Happy holidays.
3: Always great to have Pam on the show and coming up next. We're going to be hitting the hardwood. That is up next right here on The Lookout on v Esports Bank Network.
0: What's up? I'm John Wall.
4: And I'm CJ Toledana, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game.
2: Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. This is The Look Ahead on VSN, the sports betting network.
3: Save 50% off a of all LXS annual subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in-depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the money is going on every single game. Sign up today and you'll also receive our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides, 24-7 video, plus our all-new college bowl betting guide covering every single bowl game including the one that, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to bet on. That's a whole different ordeal, but you're able to get this all for just $39. That is at beastin.com slash subscribe. As we're back here on The Lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and like I said, unfortunately, we are not going to be getting the Hawaii Bowl tomorrow. That is very, very sad and unfortunate, but with that said, we've actually got action from Hawaii right now involving Hawaii themselves. You've got South Florida versus Hawaii doing battle right now. Out there in the Diamond Egg Classic. Right now it is South Florida up by a count of 48-41. to You got about 10 minutes and change left in the second half of this one. We're certainly going to be keeping ourselves abreast of this as... Once this game goes final, we're going to be knowing a little bit more about what we're going to be able to get from the Diamond Eye Classic on Christmas Day, and we're actually going to be diving into that a little bit more with Jim Root in about 45 minutes. Does a great job with college basketball. He's going to be joining me at 11.30 p.m. Pacific time. that would be 2.30 a.m. Eastern if you're listening to this live. But right now, when it comes to South Florida versus Hawaii, Life total that we're seeing in a lot of spots is right around a 127 half with South Florida being a five and a half point favorite with this number currently at 48 to 41. So certainly going to be keeping our eyes on this. And when it comes to the hardwood as well, we're going to be having some great Christmas day games as well. Hopefully I'm knocking on whatever this is. I think that this is marble. This is not wood, but I think that it is marble. So we're knocking on that, that we wind up getting all the games in and as many healthy star players as humanly possible. But When it comes to the NBA as well, you've always got props that you're able to fire on as well. I love that DraftKings have just a wide variety of props you're able to fire on who you think is going to be, like, rookie of the year, most improved player, obviously MVP. I will talk about MVP, but, I mean, I think that it's going to be Steph Curry, and that's the only place I'd be sticking my money right now. He's at plus 130, so I think that that one is relatively cut and dry. I'd be giving you eight minutes on why I think Steph Curry is amazing, and I've done that enough on this just network in general, so... I mean, there isn't a lot to be had there, but what I think is really intriguing right now is the race for odds to be able to win Coach of the Year, because right now you've got a three-way tango for number one atop the odds board. Monty Williams is at four to one. Steve Kerr is at four to one. J.B. Bickerstaff is at four to one. From there, you've got a pretty big fall off. Billy Donovan is currently clocking in at nine to one. Steve Nash is at fourteen to one. Quint Snyder is at sixteen to one, along with Eric Spoelstra, and then from there you've got Doc Rivers at twenty to one, which I mean, honestly, with how he's had to deal with everything, that's not necessarily the worst coaching job ever. We could say what we want about Doc Rivers, not necessarily coming up clutch in the postseason. He does have a ring to his title. I always want to remind people of that, but he is currently at 20 to 1. And then you've got James Budego, currently at 22 to 1, Wes Unsell Jr. at 22 to 1. And then from there, if you're firing on anyone else, I really don't know what to tell you. But when it comes to the top guys, I would actually be looking at Steve Kerr right now because, I mean, I mentioned the fact that I think that Seth Curry is the MVP of the NBA, and J.B. Bickerstaff is doing an amazing job with the Cleveland Cavaliers. This is a team that I think many people, much like myself, thought was going to be a complete and utter dumpster fire, but they've actually been relatively solid this year. I'm sure that betters would certainly want to give the award to J.B. Bickerstaff because of how many games the Cleveland Cavaliers have been able to cover. So, I mean, if it were based on betters, you do have that. But when it comes to... When it comes to this, you always do have to be putting yourself in the mindset of, all right, how are the voters going to be voting? Because this is unfortunately not one of those things in which it's like, oh, you wind up getting X amount of points for wins and everything like that. It's not like you've got an algorithm there. You're basing it on human beings trying to get into their minds and trying to get into the minds of human beings. Sometimes it is not necessarily the world's easiest thing. And I was talking before the show with our wonderful producer jason Kahn, he is absolutely terrific does a great job night in and night out when it comes to look at whether it's myself whether it's scott seidenberg what have you coming in there he brings it night in and night out he's working very hard behind the scenes and he brought up the point in which he thinks that there's a little bit of value on money williams at four to one just because he did not wind up winning it last year and top did but it did and and thinking about it a little bit more i think that jason actually has a good point on it i do think that i would be leaning towards Seth or I'd be leaning towards Steve Kerr, go figure. I'm calling it Steph Curry already because, I mean, he is the Golden State Warriors at this point. But I do think that when it comes to Monty Williams not winning it last year and a lot of people feeling like he wound up getting just, for lack of a better term, a raw deal. And I do think that that is actually a relatively solid angle because you do wind up seeing it a lot when it comes to these awards. You wind up seeing someone who winds up winning, like, MVP a first time. He typically is unable to get it a second time and someone that maybe deserved the MVP the first time around doesn't wind up getting it. Sometimes they get it when they don't deserve it. So I do think that that is a very good point that Jason winds up bringing up. I still lean towards Steve Kerr a little bit just because we figured that the Golden State Warriors were going to be relatively solid, but when it comes to the Golden State Warriors, just having all their pieces be able to mesh together the way that they have been able to, getting the most out of guys like Gary the Payton II, Juan Toscano Anderson. I mean, this has been an absolutely masterful job from him. And while J.B. Bickerstaff is doing a terrific job, would you be surprised if the Cleveland Cavaliers wind up just completely falling off a cliff and they wind up having a little bit of a nosedive towards the end of the year? I certainly do not think so. Now, the guy that I'd be looking at a little bit further down the board is Quinn Sider because I do think that the Jazz are very live for perhaps becoming like a number two team out there in the NBA. And I think that a little bit of it when it comes to Monty Williams as well, is that the Suns wound up having a very good start. But once again, getting into the minds of voters, they are always, what have you done for me lately? And when it comes to time for voting on this award, I think that there's going to be a lot of voters that forget just what an amazing run the Suns wound up having at the beginning part of the season, the long win streak that they wound up having in November into early December. I think that that's going to be forgotten about a little bit more, and they're going to be looking at, okay, what wound up happening in March, what wound up happening in April. I think that that is going to probably be a little bit of an elixir. I do think that the Suns do wind up cooling down a little bit towards the back half of the season, so I think that that is something that, could wind up preventing him from being able to win this award. I think that there's going to be a lot of people that they wind up giving Chris Ball a little bit of just do but I do think that that angle as well. I was talking about that. My wonderful producer, Jason, wound up bringing up. I do think that that is good. When it comes to Bickersaf, like I said, I do think that there's going to be a fall-off with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and if there is, that winds up knocking him out. But when it comes to Quinn Snyder, he's done a great job with his Utah Jazz team, and I feel like he's had a little bit of... In case to be able to win this award in the past as well, he's been doing a just absolutely terrific job with this Utah Jazz team. You've had a young team be able to come of age a little bit together. Rudy Gobert, Long Donovan, Spider Mitchell. These guys have been absolutely amazing. I do think that these guys is the limit for this Utah Jazz team. I mean, the Jazz have just been able to bring it night in and night out. They wound up winning once again on Thursday. So this is a team that they're all of a sudden getting relatively hot And we've seen the Utah Jazz be able to play some of their best basketball towards the back half of the season as well. I recall last season they were pretty hot down the stretch, didn't wind up being able to pull through in the postseason, but this is always a regular season award as well. So I think that that always needs to be kept in mind. And then when it comes to just the rest of the league in general, mean the fact that you've got Mike Budenholzer at 28-1, to 1, I think that that's laughable at this point. You've got the reigning champions, and they have been, we're going to call it what it is, underachieving a little bit this season. So I don't think that you could be sticking any of your hard-earned money there. I mean, is anyone going to give it to Steve Nash at this point? I do recognize that you've had the whole Kyrie Irving situation, but Steve Nash at 14-1. to 1. I mean, you've been handed James Harden, and you've been handed Kevin Durant. Man, I don't know about you, but... I mean, it's probably a little bit more difficult than a lot of people want you to lead on to be able to manage those egos, be able to keep everyone happy. But still, I wouldn't certainly not be looking at someone like a Steve Nash. I mean, Wes Unsell Jr. has been able to do a relatively okay job, but I just don't think that there's a lot of value with him at 22 to one when it comes to Wes Unsell Jr. Obviously, he's got that name recognition. So you do have a little bit of something there. I do think that, You've got just a bunch of voters in general that they would probably be like, oh, this is going to make for a very nice story as well. So, I mean, it's certainly there, but with the Washington Wizards falling off, that's something that you got to be taking a look at as well. And I don't know about you, but I don't know if the Washington Wizards are going to be able to recoup after the way that they've been playing the last few weeks after they got off to just a blistering start to this season, so I think that that's going to be a little bit tough, but I I just take a look at the Golden State Warriors, and especially if once you wind up having all of your key pieces come back, and if they're able to fire on all cylinders, I just think that the case for Steve Kerr is going to get greater and greater and greater, and I think that the case of many of these other coaches is going to diminish a little bit more, and typically when you wind up taking a look at this, it does wind up going to one of the top seats. Not necessarily like the number one team in the NBA, but at the same time, you want to be typically taking a look at a team that typically is in like the top four. You wound up seeing it last year with Tom Thibodeau. He was able to get the New York Knicks very high. Obviously they wind up flaming out the postseason, but. I do think that you want to be sort of taking a look at that top three, top four, when it comes to teams and where they wind up finishing. And no doubt the Golden State Warriors are going to be there. I don't know if the Cavaliers are going to be. And I do expect a little bit of fall off with the Phoenix Suns. So I do think that right now the best value is with Steve Kerr at 4-1. to one, And there's always value to be found when it comes to being able to take a look at the NFL. Coming up next, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the NFC futures since in the first hour of the show wound up giving a lot of love to the AFC. That's up next right here on The Look on Beeson. The Esports bang This is Beeson. This is Beeson. This is Beeson.
2: I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts.